Oh. Hey, give it up for Zach. He made that beat. Isn't that icy? He out here a legend on the streets. Hey, can you give it up for Brandon? Wasn't that video dope? I loved it. It was fun. It was fun. Nah, bro. That's all you. You were easy. All right, you guys ready to start this week? Ready to go? All right, let's pray real quick. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for who you are. We welcome you into this place. Come, Holy Spirit, we thank you for turning up your presence. Father, I thank you for opening blind spiritual eyes, opening blind, or deaf spiritual ears, Father, and even physical ones tonight. So I thank you as we go into this series that we see a new side of you that we haven't seen before, and we replicate that in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for saying amen. Come on, everybody say amen. Amen. Shoot, we out here. We Pentecostal now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, so Jesus, the friend of sinners, like you always hear these titles, Jesus, Savior, right? Jesus, the King. Jesus, the Lord of Lords. Jesus is my friend. Like Jesus is this, but something you don't hear quite often is that Jesus is actually a friend of sinners, that Jesus is identified in the Bible as a friend of sinners. Has anybody ever heard of the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible? You ever seen that little Bible song, like Zacchaeus was a wee little dude, you know, that little thing, you're like, what's going on here? Why are we singing about Bible stories? Like, you don't really know what's going on. Let's take a look real quick at Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. If you've got your phones, please open up the UVerse Bible app. If you've got a, who's got an actual Bible? Like, like paper. Just me and better, huh? Because we better than you? Oh, Amaya. Maya, is that Maya? Yes, Maya's got one. Okay, here we go. Luke 19, 1 through 10 says this. This is talking about Jesus. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. Oh. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, this is the people, when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a known sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save that which is lost. So in this story, we've got an amazing beginning happening. Jesus does an amazing healing right before this, and he's just strolling to Jericho. This guy named Zacchaeus, a notorious tax collector, someone everybody knew of and hated, hated this guy, wanted to see Jesus. So he, he realizes, like, I need to grow like a foot. I can't see over people. So he runs. But in this culture... Zacchaeus, who's a tax collector and of his stature, he would have to take his like tunic up, 
He would have to hold it right here, and he would have to run. Now, in this culture, someone of his stature to do that is causing shame upon himself. That if Pharisees would have seen this, he could have gotten stoned. So he exposes his shame to get a glimpse of a king. He exposes himself and runs to this tree and climbs it. And Jesus is still on his way to Jericho. So as Zacchaeus gets into this tree, Jesus looks at him and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to hang out with just you. Nobody else around me, just you. And then everyone around him said, what is he doing? He's hanging out with this sinner. You see, oftentimes when we look at Jesus, we, we think we find God. We think that when we say yes, Jesus, we found God. But I would beg to argue that you never find God. God actually finds you. You see, shame will always bring you away from the king. It'll never draw you to him. That's why Jesus left heaven and came to earth for us. It's because of your shame it pushed you away from him. You climbed into a tree just to get a glimpse of this king of kings, this lord of lords, but he came just to be a friend to the sinner. You see, when Jesus enters your life, you go from sinner to saint very quickly. When you say yes to Jesus, you're no longer a sinner, you're a saint. We see this in Zacchaeus' life, right? At the beginning, he's called a tax collector, a notorious sinner. But when Jesus encounters him, he turns into a saint. He gives away everything that he stole from people and then times it by four if he's robbed them of it. Wouldn't you say that's a saint thing to do, right? Like to give everything back and then some? Like you see, when you encounter Jesus, you forget, and sometimes we forget that our sinner identity was left in the tomb when he was there. That we can only be a friend to sinners as believers if we recognize our identity as saints. You see, Jesus was called a friend of sinners because he never sinned. If you're both considered sinners and view yourself as sinners, how can you be a friend to a sinner when you're the same thing? When it comes to the kingdom, you have to be different. Jesus knew that if he could encounter Zacchaeus, not if Zacchaeus could encounter him, if he could encounter Zacchaeus, that he could change him from a sinner to a saint. In 1 Corinthians, it says that, that the old us is dead. When we say yes to Jesus, the old us, who we used to be, is dead. That means you can no longer identify as that if it's dead. But the new us is alive. The old things have passed away and the new has come. So when Jesus encounters a sinner, he turns him into a saint. You begin to see yourself and everyone else around you differently. Have you ever had that friend that you're like, they just need Jesus? Maybe it's the person sitting next to you, so don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Maybe it's you. <laughs> Why do they keep bringing me here every week? You need Jesus. Um, but seriously, we all have that one person in our mind that we're like, God, if they would just encounter you, they would be changed. But I feel like sometimes God's going, I actually just want to encounter them. 
I want to encounter them. Sometimes we don't make God big enough for our situations and our friends. That he actually longs to encounter them as much as they long to encounter him. You see, Zacchaeus made a mockery of himself to see Jesus. And Jesus got labeled a friend of sinners just by looking and talking to Zacchaeus. See, whatever God touches, whatever God gets into, that sin and that mess doesn't get on him. His glory gets on it. He changes it. It doesn't change Jesus. So when Zacchaeus and Jesus had this encounter, this is what I love about Jesus. He's just a smooth criminal. Michael Jackson fans? Anyway, so like he's just smooth. Because we don't see what he said to Zacchaeus after saying, I want to come to your house. He doesn't go like, Zacchaeus, I need you to give away this. I need you to stop looking at pornography. I need you to stop beating people. I need you to stop raping people. I need you to stop doing this. I need you to stop doing that. We don't see Jesus say any of that. What we see is that his presence radically changed Zacchaeus, and that's all we know. Because when the presence of God comes into your life, you go from sinner to saint very quickly. Do we still have things that we have to walk through in our life? Absolutely. It's called a journey. But when you say yes to Jesus, you can no longer identify as a sinner. That's why Zacchaeus, after the very first two verses, has never again called a tax collector or a notorious sinner. He's only called by Zacchaeus because that means he belongs. He's only called by his name. What you do is not your identity. Like, because you struggle with this is not your identity. Your identity is a saint, a son and a daughter of the king. Your identity is that you are now a friend to sinners in your school. Your identity does not change because you struggle with depression. Your identity does not change because anxiety feels like it's climbing up every five seconds of your life. Your identity in Christ never shifts due to circumstances. Your circumstances shift due to your identity in Christ. That's what happened to Zacchaeus. When he encountered the king, when he encountered this friend of sinners, his circumstance changed because the king was a part of his life now. You see, when, when we realize that before you said yes to Jesus, he was the friend to you, a sinner. When you said yes to Jesus, he's now a friend to a saint. Like our identity switches when we encounter the king. When we say yes to Jesus, we go from sinner to saint. Some of this is making sense for y'all for the very first time because you're taking notes. I ain't never seen you take notes before. I'm just kidding. Because I think some of you realize that problems in your life is because you still identify as a sinner and think that you have to go through this, you have to do this. But really it's going like, I'm actually a saint. What does my father have to say about this? See, Jesus was willing to be called a friend of sinners just so you could be called a friend of God. Like when we look at the reality of the Father's love for humanity, he risked it all just so you have an opportunity to go from sinner to saint. I want you to think of the time that you encountered God. And I'm not talking about like you had like this 
and I, I'm trying to filter this, like, you didn't have like this goosebump experience where you're like, ooh, I think that's the presence. I'm talking about when you felt like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords obliterated things in your life for you. I'm talking about an encounter where you, someone said, do you know Jesus? You go, yeah, at Reverb, he actually radically changed my life. I was sick, I had this disease, he healed me. I was, I was sick and the disease didn't go away, but I have the faith to persevere through it. Like those moments that you encounter God and you can't shut up about. Those kind of moments. I want you to ask yourself, have I had that encounter? Have I had that encounter? The next thing I want you to ask yourself is, will I show up for the encounter to happen? Will I show up for the encounter to happen? You see, Zacchaeus, in all of his shame that drove him away from the king, he ran away to get a better view. Salvation actually came closer because it saw shame. It saw disgrace. It saw fear. It saw that he was being name-called. It saw that he was, he was doing things that people did not approve of, and so salvation said, I'm going to save that one. You see, we don't have to get before the king and brush off all of our, I don't really struggle with depression. I just get sad sometimes. I don't really struggle with pornography. I just, I, I kind of struggle with lust. Like, you start saying, like, see, I, I can just push it off so when Jesus sees me, he sees the real me. He sees the one that he wants, but reality is, is that when you bring your baggage before the king, he actually wants all of it. He wants every part of your life. He wants the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because when the king touches the ugly, it turns beautiful. When the king touches the bad, it turns miraculous. When he, the king touches the good, it becomes perfect. Like Zacchaeus had an encounter with God, and I, I can't wait to get to heaven and be like, Jesus, what did you say to him? And he'd probably be like, nothing. I just existed. Like, he's probably like a goat. Like, I just said my name. And he just like, I just want to know. I want to know because I want to be able to be a friend of sinners that when I get around a sinner, they repent and ask Jesus into life without saying a word. Because I want to know what it's like to be a friend of sinner like Jesus. I want to know what that feels like to, to walk. There's this guy, um, Kirsten, are you in here? What's that guy's name? Smith Wigglesworth? Is that it? Is that, yeah, Smith Wigglesworth. He wrote this book called Ever Increasing Faith. And he tells this story in there that I'm like, Lord, if we could like do two times this, you can take me now. Like, I'm good. He gets after this revival meeting that he's leading and he gets onto this bus. He gets on this bus, pays the bus fare, sits down on this chair. And this is what's great. The record of this isn't actually from Smith Wigglesworth. It's from a bus driver, a passenger over here, and a passenger up here. Smith Wigglesworth sits down in this bus, and all he says is this. You're welcome, Holy Spirit. Come. And everyone on that bus confesses their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior on the way to an airport. What kind of encounter did he have with God that took him from sinner to saint? And I think it was just realizing that my depression doesn't define who I am. This doesn't actually define me. What defines me is what the cross said about me. The cross said I was worthy, I was justified, that I was loved, that I was cherished, that I was cared for. That is what tells me that I'm a saint. Not that I struggle with this. You see, sometimes we... we when we get into reality in 1 Corinthians, when it says the old things have died and the new have come, 
Sometimes we go back to our old things that are dead looking for answers for the new life that we have. And that's not how it works. You see, once something is dead, it's no longer in existence. It's not there. It's not saying that it doesn't try to bring you back and try to throw temptations at you. But what I'm saying is, is that when we go from sinner to saint, we can't identify ourselves as sinners anymore. We have to identify ourselves as saints because that's the way the Father sees us. I didn't realize that I, had, I, I struggled with some areas of identifying myself as a sinner until last night. What? Yeah, I'm a pastor, and I got wrecked by God last night. Sue me. <laughs> I'm sitting in my house at 1 a.m., and I'm reading this book by Randy Clark, There Is More. It's an amazing book. And I'm reading about these impartations that Randy Clark is getting. He's getting these amazing impartations. You might need this for later, bro. Um, you, got a, you got a blessing. Uh, so, um, but so he's, he's talking about these impartations. And he's talking about, he's talking about, and as I'm reading this book, I feel my hands begin to get hot. And sometimes just in, in, in the Christian world and in, in the vineyard world and the God world and the kingdom world, when your hands get hot, sometimes it means that God's doing a healing, that there's power, that he's doing something in you. And so I'm just sitting there and I close the book and I said, Lord, I clearly can tell that you're here. What are you up to? And so I just begin to just sob. Like ugly Oprah, I just want a car sob. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like one of those? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all cry when your mom didn't come for like something. Anyway. So like it's that ugly Oprah cry and I put my hands on my head and I said, Lord, what are you doing in me? And I felt a still small voice say, you view yourself as the old Samuel in these areas and I'm tired of it. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> what? Like this is the impression that I felt. I, was, I literally said out loud, I was like, what? And he goes, there's still areas that you don't believe I died for. You're actually not a sinner when you mess up. You sinned, but you're not a sinner. You're still a saint to me. So God just started encountering me. So I put my hands on my head, and I'm like, ah, you love me so much. And from 1 o'clock to when I went to bed, two hours had passed when I was sitting in the presence of God and had no idea. I go get in my bed, and I'm like, I grab this book, and I'm like, I, like, God, you love me so much. And I, like, I open up the book, and I realize that the book is blurry to me. And I was like, my contacts work two hours ago. What's going on? And so I realized that, like, I'm like, I'm just going to close this. Maybe it's like I'm so tired that I can't read. <laughs> like, I got issues. Lord, heal me. And then I realized, and this is very real, and, like, if you have questions, be glad to answer them. I told Brandon the story this morning. When I, when I looked up in my room, there was like a fog in my bedroom that was not anywhere else. I'm about to cry thinking about it. It wasn't anywhere else, and I've never felt that much peace in 11 years of my life. And it's because when I realized that I was a saint to him in every area of my life, I wasn't a sinner when I, when I get mad at my wife. I wasn't a sinner when I get mad at my daughter. I'm not a sinner 
when I mess up, I'm still a saint to the king, and he wanted to come just dwell in my bedroom and hang out with me. Like, I realized that, like, that's what it's like to be a friend of sinners. You don't have to say much. When you're close to God, you just show up, and they go from sinner to saint because of the presence you actually carry. So I'm going to invite Holy Spirit in real quick, and he's going to identify some people. God. Um, and then we're going to go to our crews. But when you raise your hand, Brandon, can you help me? David, can you help me up here just real quick? We're not going to do ministry. I just want you to get a, a count of people and, and try to remember their face. So I want you just to put your hands out right now. And if you want an encounter with the Lord tonight, maybe your family situation has pushed you so far from God that you're going, God, where are you? And he's just saying, turn around, I'm right here. Maybe you've never actually encountered Jesus or said yes to him and now you're going, I want to be a part of this family. But here's what I want to do. I'm going to invite Holy Spirit in, and, and I believe he's going to highlight people who are going to get an insane encounter tonight. And here's my thing. Do not be jealous if someone else gets an encounter. Partner with it and watch what God does. Your partnering with someone else might explode into your encounter. And I believe this is a fresh encounter, and this is a first encounter for some people. So I just want you to put your hands out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, just blow in this place like a wind. God, just begin to ignite people right now. Some of you may all of a sudden feel this, feel this weird heat in your hands, this tingling feeling, this peace over your body. All of a sudden, depression just shut its mouth when we invited Holy Spirit in. Some of you might be, feel like you are on another planet right now. If you identify with something changed when we invited Holy Spirit in just now, I want you to lift your hand up right now. Keep it up. More Holy Spirit, come. Brandon, Dave, you got them. CMB. Yeah, I'm gonna just call out what I kind of see. Um, Stay engaged with the Holy Spirit right now. So this like front area where Kate is, like the Lord is just moving there. It's almost like a a, a weighty presence on you, Kate, right now. So. David. Lord, we just bless what you're doing right in, in Kate's middle. life. We bless her. We bless this entire section right here. And we pray for even more. Like this area. Even if more you, you Jesus. Here, I feel like there's a hovering presence right here. All right, so Holy Spirit, you've identified those people. Hold on to that. I want us to go into our cruise, and I want you to share what you felt in this very moment. And then when we get back for worship and ministry... I want you to present that encounter before the Lord and watch what he does. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for this night. We thank you for our crews. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.